Hey, this is Mark Kassoff, and this is RPM 45. In this episode of RPM 45, I get to indulge my inner Chicago guy talking with Ronnie Rice of the New Colony Six, one of a number of Chicago bands that hit it big in the late 60s. Ronnie was the writer and lead singer of the group's two biggest hits, I Will Always Think About You and Things I'd Like to Say. Ronnie's a funny guy, and I had a great time talking with him. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. I'm thrilled to have you. I really I'm am. Thrilled to be here. I don't know if work, but go ahead. Thrilled might be a little much, but no, I am. Because I grew, <laughs> I grew up, listen, I'm from Chicago, you know, and I I grew up listening to you guys. Yeah, your music so is a big part of my life. It's nice when you realize you actually did something to make people feel good oh, about you did. yourself, you know. So we're here with Ronnie Rice uh, of New Colony 6. A very successful group, 10 singles on Billboard's Top 100 from 1966 to 71. Two top 20 singles. Both were top two singles in Chicago, where the group was from. And like I said, uh, your music was a big part of my teenage years. So I really appreciate having you. No, my pleasure. In preparing for this, it really took me back to the time and, and reminded me, because I kind of forgotten what a great rock and roll scene that Chicago had back in the mid to late 60s. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A lot of groups uh, coming out at that time out of Chicago. Yes. We were fortunate. Um, I ran into the right person who really made it happen for the new colony. A guy named Pete Wright, who happened to be uh, the biggest record promoter in the city of Chicago. Oh, Pete yeah. Howard the uh, Pete and Howard were responsible for the success of New Colony Six because if it weren't for them, the New Colony before I met them, nobody had to heard of them. After they put out the first single, which was again thanks to Pete and Howard, became a number two record here in Chicago called I Confess. Yes, I remember it well. Yeah, they were the first group out of Chicago that that made it. Uh, locally. They asked me if I would take the place of the keyboard player. So I auditioned, uh, and I think in 1967, I joined up with them. After I joined the group, uh, I wrote a song called Treat a Girl, We Take Her to a Movie. Oh, that's your song, huh? <laughs> that's funny song. It didn't do very well. I guess people were smarter than that. <laughs> <laughs> <It turns out. laughs> you know what? I wasn't aware that you weren't in the group right at the get-go. Right. A lot of people aren't, aren't aware of that. I but, was at the session, the recording session, when they did their first single, I Confess. Okay, so, so yeah, I Confess. And it was all over Chicago radio. I mean, it was a hit, you know, in Chicago. Yeah, it, was big, it was number two here, like I say. Yeah, but. not much nationally until the songs that you wrote, I Will Always Think About You and Things mm -hmm. I'd Like to Say. We were pretty happy with those. <laughs> beautiful songs, really beautiful songs. But you, but you know what? One thing I re was reminded of that I'd forgotten when I started, you know, reading up on you guys and refreshing my memory is that the band started out as kind of a garage band sound. I mean, I confess, yeah. the whole vibe of it isn't that much different than alternative like punk rock, you know? Right. And so yeah. and the, the band was very versatile. They did a lot of different kind of sounds, you know, as they start out with that. And then they did some really poppy stuff like Love You So Much, I'm Just Waiting, you know, Treat Her Groovy. And then the, that song Can't You See Me Cry to me is kind of a British sound. 
Well, that's interesting. You're the first one's ever said that. Well, I'm probably wrong, but <laughs> so. No, you're not wrong. It's, it's, that was just a coincidence. That's a great song. I'm surprised that wasn't a hit. I like it more now than I did then. As a matter of fact, at that time, I didn't like it at all. Is that I right? I wasn't even on the session. Huh. I didn't care about the tune that much, but now that I hear it, and when I see Ray do it, I like the tune. I like it more now than I ever did. So it's funny how things change for you, but I like some of the things that when I listen to, occasionally I listen to some of the stuff we do. I go, well, it's not bad. Wow, we sounded okay. So yeah. We had a lot of great experiences. For sure. But, you know, like, so the sound really changed, you know, again, from Garage oh, Band. Excuse me one second. Sure. You were talking about garage bands. Yes. The and way. The Colony was a garage band. Right. Exactly that. But as it turns out, that image uh, of balance only. We wanted to see if we could part from that. But uh, I think they were expecting that from us anyway. So. Anyway, that's the end of the reason they were garage, and then yeah. as soon as I was thick about you came out, oh, son. Well, you, got, you had such success with that stuff, right? I mean, how could you knock it? Knock on wood. Hey, look at it. I'm not complaining. I guarantee you. And the same thing holds true with the group. Yeah. You know, they were proud of whatever they had. Uh, they're all good guys, and, you know, they're still together. We did a television program not too long ago called Cornerstone Rock. It was on PBS uh -huh. around the country, different parts of the country. That was with the New Colony and American Breed, Eyes of Mars, Shadows of Night, Buckinghams. What was your relationship with all those other bands, all those Chicago bands? Do you consider yourself rivals or were you all on the same page? I think we were rivals at one time. Yeah, I, at least I'm very uh, competitive kind of individual. Uh -huh. So I think everybody, if you saw, all of a sudden you're laying in bed, you hear a Buckingham, they're kind of brag all the time and I'm going, Ah, I don't think they're going to make it. I'm one in the country. And I like the tune. I like the tune. But never thought that it was going to be number one. They turned out to be the biggest group in 1967 uh, in the United States at that time. Uh, at least on Dick Clark, uh, whatever his poll was. And the bottom line is, you know, we followed after that, but not as big as the Buck. Bucks really were the group that hit hard before Chicago came along. So uh, we were still fortunate because even... There were groups that should have made it that did not make it as big as they should have, such as the Crying Shames. I, I agree with that. Living in Chicago, I thought the Crying Shames were a big group. And then when you well, get out of Chicago, you, yeah. they, were, they didn't really have any yeah. big hits nationally. Well, that's the sad part, because they were on a major label, Columbia. Right, right exactly. They, yeah. But they weren't able, you know, they didn't get the promotion that they could have gotten, that they should have gotten with the amount of talent that they have. I mean, it's just incredible. So I think they were kind of jipped out of it. It's a, it's a sad thing. Ike and March are the guys who put the Cornerstone show together, Jim Peterick. Yes. The Ike and March. And, you know, as it turns out, that was, like I say, a few years ago we did that show. And we've been doing it ever since as far as, like I say, theaters here and there. Are you still doing that show? I've been on my own since 1977. So I've been playing the guitar and doing what I grew up with. You know, we're talking about the roots of uh, real rock and roll. We're talking mm -hmm. about Real rock and roll to me. Little Richard, Chuck Berry, earlier days. Oh, that's what I grew up with. That's what I fell in love with, including people like Jimmy Reed, you know, the rhythm of the R&B stuff. When I play, just me, the guitar, and the audience. Uh -huh. The audience is definitely sing along. Like, let me hear you guys say, you remember that? It's a party. I just have a good time with That's you. awesome. So much fun. And you're still doing it. As long as the crowd enjoys it. Well, how often do you have shows? I do a few of them a year. It's not a zillion of them, but it used to be. 
and the new Colony Six, they're still out there doing it too? Yeah, they're still doing the thing. And like I say, when we do the Cornerstone show, I hook up with Bruce, who's a current member of the Colony, been with him ever, for quite a long time, and Ray Grafia, who's the founder of the band. And so we're joined with the Ides of March backing up all those groups that I was talking about, all those Chicago bands. And it, it just comes out, it's a lot of fun. I bet. So I'd like to see all the guys. And whereas at one time we were competitive, now we're all friends, you know. That's great. Let, let's, uh, let me ask you a couple more questions here, just about that. All right. I saw a real funny video this morning on, on YouTube, and you guys were on a, a show called Kitty A Go Go. It was oh, yeah. <laughs> Kitty A Go Go. I recommend anyone look at this video. This is basically American Bandstand with little kids dancing. It's hilarious. <laughs> that was a long time ago. That was before I was with the band. Oh, you weren't with that. You weren't on there. No, I wouldn't add her, thank goodness. Well, <laughs> good for you. <laughs> I, I love the drummer, though. Shaking his hair, shaking it, you know, Chick Chikowski, the drummer. They're flying around, trying to be cool. It was pretty, it's fun to watch. It is. <laughs> It's so funny. I read an interview with one of the members of the group. I can't remember right now who it was, but he was saying that they cut it, they cut the group off early, and it was just they wouldn't let the group move at all, and it was just a bad experience all the way around. Who was that? I can't remember. I wish I had it in front of me. I don't. But and was that on the same show that they? Yeah, he was talking about that performance, right? It said it was. Uh, they were a little PO'd because they got cut off uh, a little early on top of everything else. Not with us, anyway. Not with the So another question I want to ask you is just about the regional thing. Now, we know, like, the biggest hits, they were national hits. but And we know in Chicago, a lot of the songs... Uh, did very well, even if they weren't national hits. How far did that regionalism, I mean, how far did it go? Because I read that you guys are in the Iowa Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. Well, I never attended that because I, I didn't, uh, didn't mean it. At that point, I wasn't that interested in driving up to Iowa, so I didn't care. About sure. But, but the... Uh, uh, when it comes to how big the cop, you know, we did very well in Canada. Oh, I, yeah, I noticed that too. What's that? You charted higher in Canada than on some of the songs than you did in the U.S. Yeah, we, we did very well there, yeah. As a matter of fact, I found out that's why Paul Schaefer, who at the time was with the David Letterman show, I guess he was doing an interview with Bob Surratt, who was a local news guy here in Chicago. And Bob asked him, do you know any of the Chicago band? And he goes, New Colony, and, and you know, he mentioned Buckingham, New Colony 6. Uh-huh. And now I understand why, because of the fact that we did as well as we did in different parts of the country. Now, things I like to say, things I like to say was top five in every major market, or at least top ten in every major market, being Chicago, L.A., New York, Detroit. You know, we did very well with that. Unfortunately, because of the promotion with Mercury Records at the time, they had Spanking Our Gang, and they had the Blues Magoos, so they were in their focus. As it turns out, we didn't get the type of promotion saturation. So what happens is, even though you made top five in all, or top ten in all the major markets, uh, it didn't show that way. Cashbox Magazine showed us at 13. Billboard showed it at 16 and uh, 22, what I would always think about it. But the reality is, if you're top five or top ten, if you don't have the saturation and going up everywhere at the same time, right. you're just you're starting somewhere and you're ending somewhere. So what happens is here in Chicago, when things like say was number two here started going down, 
It was just starting elsewhere. So we never got that number. I would like to see the top ten and so forth, which it should have been. Should have been. But unfortunately, like I say, because of distribution, different times it was top ten in every major market, but it didn't show that way in Billboard. Yeah, I remember reading like it it hit it hit uh, number one in Chicago in November, but then in some other markets it wasn't until spring when it hit. (laughs) So it didn't all come at the same time, and so that's there's the problem. Yeah, that's that's the problem. And I don't know whether the Crying Chains had that because of that reason. They had a song in Chicago, as you know, called "I Could Be Wearing Love." Yes, great song. That was number one in Chicago. Great song, great for harmonies. A number of weeks, which Beautiful. means it's not bogus. It's for real. Right, this is a definite hit record. But unfortunately, again, uh, because of Columbia Records, they didn't do it justice. If you get the, if you get the right promotion from the record company and it is a winner and you either sign when you have a real hit and it should be but uh, you know what are you going to do it's not in our control right exactly I mean getting a hit record as I always tell people uh, you know I I worked in radio stations I worked in Rockford uh, I, I was the music director in Rockford and uh, we would get like a hundred singles or more a week. And, you know, maybe we'd add like two or three, four, maybe to the playlist every week. Well, you realize the odds against getting a hit single are just tremendous. I mean, no, it's 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 like I say, people take it for granted, but it's it's not that way. And nowadays it's a whole different industry as far as getting something played or as far as your different media, you know, the media, you know, here you got technology that has taken over music industry. Everything's different. But, you know, back then, it was all in the record promotion. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's just a whole different trip. Uh, but again, it's not in our control. It's in the control, of, in the hands of the uh, labels, you know, the record label company. Now, one thing that you did have going for you was the Chicago radio stations were very good about supporting the local bands. Uh, which it doesn't happen that much in these days. Those Chicago radio stations would seem to really give you good exposure. Oh, yeah. I'm satisfied. I'm, I'm pretty well satisfied. You should be. <laughs> you had some big records. Oh, I'm, and, I'm very fortunate. And you get to do what you love, you know? That's the point. Yeah, that's the point. That's exactly the word. No matter what uh, the amount or the little amount of celebrity that, celebrity that I've uh, obtained, in regardless, it's better than a whole lot of people. I lucked out, and if it weren't for the combination of our promoters, our record promoters, um, the meeting with the new colony, or being in the new colony, I don't think I would have gotten as fortunate. Listen, I it, so I lucked out. For you. It takes luck, but it also takes talent, and you had both. So there you go. Thank you. Well, that's a matter of opinion. Well, that's my opinion. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that's all that matters at the moment. That's right. Where uh, where do you where do you live in Chicago anyway? Cool. Cool. I'm uh, from I'm well. Hey, that's where I went to college, and I'm from the north side. So there you go. How about it? Yeah. I didn't know you went to North. What? That's very nice. Yeah. It's a big time school. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was a great experience. I got started in radio in Northwestern, so it was. It was fun. No, it's a good town. When I moved out of Chicago and I moved here, it was a little quieter. The neighborhood where I lived before was actually closer to Loyola University. When I was with the New Colony, that's where I was. I lived in a uh, studio apartment, and then I moved across the hall. I was in a garden apartment, which is downstairs. Oh, yeah. Like, I've been there. Downstairs and you're there, you know. <laughs> I've, been in, I've been in one of those, too. Yeah. It was great when it was raining. 
<laughs> night to come home to a flood. <laughs> Great feeling. You bring a girl over and say, excuse me for a second, let me just dry up the room here first. I mean, it was... Very romantic, I'm sure. Oh, very nice way to start a date. But you were a rock star, so I'm sure you did really well. Well, you know, it's true about that. If you're in music, I think anybody that gains a little bit of notice gets the attention of people, whatever the case, uh, could be an athlete, a rock and roll, anybody in the media. You do have the advantage a little bit of uh, of the opposite sex, which is kind of cool. <laughs> yes. And, uh, yeah, we did, we did our share of having a good time, I would say. I would imagine uh, you did, yes. I got kind of spoiled. That's probably why I never got married. Oh, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> kind of spoiled. I mean, I'm so... Uh, In your neighborhood, do they know who you are and what you've done? I think a couple of neighbors might. Fortunately, it's positive. You know, it'd be a terrible thing. to like, hey, come on over here. You're terrible. You're terrible. <laughs> and the way you sound. We've seen you live. Oh, you're <laughs> Fortunately, that doesn't happen. I'm my worst critic, so I don't need somebody telling me, hey, you know, I don't know. I know, I know, I know. If I'm playing and rocking the house, and even if you have a situation where things aren't going as well, as long as I feel you give them 140%, then we're happy, then I'm happy. I mean, you know, it's just me and the guitar, so. Well, I'd like to come to one of your shows, so I'm going to keep an eye on your website. And Please do. Yes. And uh, that'd be great, man. Let me know. Okay, I will. Got my phone number. I got your number. I got your email. I'm all set. I, I really appreciate you talking to me. I enjoyed it a lot. Oh, my pleasure, man. I enjoyed it, too. I love talking about me. Hey, Ronnie, I love talking about you, too. And now a word from our sponsor. That's the RPM 45 podcast. If you're enjoying these, and I certainly hope you are. Listen, if you weren't, you wouldn't be listening to me right now anyway, so what the hell. I would appreciate your support by giving us a good rating or wherever you listen to these podcasts and also, of course, subscribing so you get notified every time we post a new episode. We'll be back with another one next week on RPM 45.